Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry. Served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. I'm Connor Rogers alongside Matthew Berry and Jay Croucher. That sound you heard at the top of the show was a wild night for many reasons at MetLife Stadium as the Jets beat the Bills, but at what cost, fellas? At what cost? What cost? Can I tell you something, Jay? Yes, Matthew. Like, it's very upsetting because mm-hmm. Connor Rogers is Mr. SNY, as you know, and SNY is all in on the Jets, right? Yes, I've heard. Yeah. Broadcast. It's a big yeah. part of the, the business. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just saying... You're going to be seeing a lot more of Connor Rogers on NBC Sports these days. <laughs> SNY no longer has a need for Connor's service. I, it, what are you going to do? Like, it's, like I don't want to make jokes about. Like, I feel terrible about it. Like, look, I mean, like, first off, awesome victory. Let's let's start with the positive. The game there. was unbelievable. The game was unbelievable. Garrett Wilson, anytime touchdown, never in doubt. Yep. Never in doubt. It looked so my, easy. My best bet yesterday, never in doubt, anytime touchdown. Maybe I should throw Garrett to him. Wilson. Maybe yeah. I should actually throw to him. I mean, yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, Unbelievable victory for uh, for the Jets. Thrilled for them on what was such a tough night. Like to win it to win a game like that, divisional rival. By the way, just you know, just so many stories, right? So Garrett Wilson, the amazing touchdown. Like Zach Wilson, obviously uneven, but a bit of a redemption for Zach Wilson, right? He ultimately leads his team team to victory, right? And, and the kid from Hard Knocks, like you yeah, know, Xavier I mean, Gibson like, at his moment, uh, right? Yep. I mean, that you know, the, what a what a storybook ending. So. I feel for my friends who are Jets fans, Connor, a lifelong Jets fan. Are you? Hey. Are you? It's always every day by day. Uh, yeah. Where is today? Lifelong, like half lifelong, half life Jets right. fan. Okay. I like this. I'm all in on the Jets now. I think they're the most sympathetic team in the league. So, <laughs> the, yeah. From the most hated to the most sympathetic. Exactly. I'm right in on them. Right. One, I, but you're not a sympathetic guy. You usually <laughs> like, you yes. like the yeah, villain. Yeah. Like you, yeah. Maybe I'll be a Browns fan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, too far. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I mean... So anyway, I was just going to say it's a, a a great victory. We'll talk about Zach Wilson here in a, in a minute here, but um, obviously the big story, guys, is Aaron Rodgers. I didn't look. I don't have any shares of Aaron Rodgers fantasy wise. Like he was my quarterback seventeen. I didn't. I didn't think he would have a great fantasy year, but I also didn't think he'd be injured four plays into the season, Jay. No. And, well, firstly, Matthew, Connor's still got the Mets at SNY, and they're having a fantastic season, yes. so that's fine. Great, great, great thing to jump great. to. Uh, fantastic. Great. I thought Bill Jets Sim- fans drink free, by the way, as yes. you can see on the saying, obviously. For all of eternity. Yeah, pretty much. Like it. 
Uh, Bill Simmons had a really good tweet where he said that that game last night was like a football game mixed with the film Magnolia, which uh, <laughs> Magnolia is actually my favourite movie, so that really rang true, and I thought that is a way to sum it up. It just felt like a fever dream. It felt like an unreality that that could happen. And then mixed with the ending. Also, it's going to get glossed over now, the doinked kick... To, yes. to tie it up, which is now just an afterthought because of the punt run back. It just it never felt real. Uh, it's going to be the most memorable game of the season for a lot of reasons, I think. Uh, and yeah, now we move on to, to the Zach Wilson era again. So much to dive into, but I just want uh, Penn State Blake, just make a note of this so we can come back to this, that Jay's favorite movie of all time is Magnolia, which I have mm. massive issues with. That's an awful movie. No, it's so annoying. It's so over the top. And oh my god, I didn't I, appreciate Paul Thomas Anderson coming out publicly like 15 years after the film, saying that he screwed it up. Yeah. I've already decided that it was my favorite movie. There's moments that are awesome about it, but there are also things that just drive me crazy. Anyway, all right, all right, we'll get. We'll it. do I, the Magnolia Pod. Right, yeah. we'll do a whole uh, Magnolia Pod um, where we debate that movie. Um, like I don't even think. Forget your favorite. I don't think it's his best movie. I don't like. I don't think it's even no. close to oh, his best movie. He's got a lot of really good movies. Yes, so. exactly. But I mean, anyway. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, Aaron Rodgers. This is bad. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Thank yep. you. Good night. Well I, done. Take the day off. This is uh, all right. So in case you've missed the news, it's it's been tweeted out. That there were there were concerns last night um, that uh, you know Robert Sala said he they thought it was bad. They were going to do an MRI to test whether or not it was a torn Achilles. It was a little confusing. The graphic on ESPN said that the X-rays were negative on his on his ankle, ankle yes. but which is true. But that's not the his concern. ankle wasn't broken. The ankle Thank wasn't you. the issue, Thank right? You, but everyone. that wasn't the anyway. Yeah. It's very confusing. But um, the fact of the matter is, is it has now been confirmed. He has torn his Achilles. He is officially out for the year. So, um, so now where do the Jets go from here? It's uh, you know. So much to talk about here. I guess the first thing is, is here's my question just very quickly. Is this the last play we see Aaron Rodgers play in the NFL? I think it's the biggest question is, is he just going to kind of ride off into the sunset or is he going to go through a grueling rehab process and try to come back for 2024 where his plan was always to play at least two years. Right. For the Jets, that's the whole restructure, at least two years. But this is one of the worst rehabs that you could possibly ever have to go through. I will say that Achilles tears, what they were, that's a career ender previously in years yep. past. Think back to, um, I mean, just an array of players, but I mean, Kevin, different sport, but Kevin Durant came back and was close to the best player in the NBA after that. Cam Akers yeah. come back and looked very explosive. And he's not a running season. back. Yeah, and Rodgers isn't a running back. So right. I think that, I mean, it's just a matter of do you want to put in all the work and get back right. at 40 years old? I mean, look, I will say this, that if there is any player in the NFL that is mentally tough enough to do that, if they want to do it, Aaron Rodgers is that dude, right? I mean, like, that is a guy that when he puts his mind to something is like, you know, just steel trap. Having said that, it is a, it is a uh, long, long road. Vera Tucker saying, you know, it, the offensive lineman was quoted, hey, you know, as we were trying to lift him up, he was like, no, I'm not getting up. Anytime a player says that, you know it's probably not good. He knew immediately. Yep. So we'll get into all the fantasy implications in terms of football and the betting market. So the Jets play the Cowboys uh, next week, which isn't great. It's not a great introduction for Zach Wilson after having to play the Bills. But the Jets were three-point underdogs a few days ago against the Cowboys. Now they're seven-and-a-half-point underdogs. So that's gone through... It's three is a key number, going through seven is a key number. So it's basically like they're five, five and a half points worse with Zach Wilson. According now eight to the and a half. 
apparently. Uh, no, That's what no, I've heard. It's actually just going like a, yeah. a slot machine. Well, it's actually now not. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, well, no, honestly, some of that is – some of that obviously is Vegas, but some of that is the narrative around – there's so much negativity around Zach Wilson and obviously the Cowboys with such a dominating performance on Sunday Night Football in prime time yeah. in front of everyone. I'm going to say this about Zach Wilson, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I actually think Zach Wilson might be okay. Uh, Again, hang on. Hear me out. Uh, hear my premise out. Okay. I'm not saying that you would want to ever start him, and certainly not against the Cowboys. I'm merely saying is is that um, it, the narrative around him, I think, is is different. Like the pressure is suddenly the pressure's off. No one expects this guy to be good, right? right? You know, no one expects him to be good. And last night he comes into a game in which he's gotten very few first team reps. All season. It's a completely new offense, right? I mean, it's basically Rodgers and Hackett and their shorthand is basically the offense they're running. And so um, the more reps he gets with the first team and the more they simplify the playbook and say, okay, let's go back to the stuff that Zach Wilson, like, they didn't have that planned last night, right? And so, like, he'll struggle against Dallas and he'll make some, but, like, there's a reason that Zach Wilson was the number two overall pick in the NFL draft a couple of years ago. Like, this guy, it's not like the guy has no talent whatsoever. Like it's it's all mental, and it I do mental. think that I I do think that in this scenario with all the there's there's pressure taken off of him as opposed to you're the number two pick you need to be the savior of the franchise as opposed to like you're the backup and we're not expecting anything and can we get something out of you? Yeah, look, I'll certainly be rooting for him. I think everyone will be rooting for Zach Wilson to succeed, but. I just look at him and I think that he watched the Brett Favre interception against the Saints in the NFC title game when Favre was on Minnesota. And he's like, that's what I want to do. And because that's, that's how I feel when I watch yeah. him. And just the pick to Milano, the drifting back outside, extending plays for no reason, and inviting pressure and throwing it up for grabs. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't think yeah. there's much there. It's no, gonna, yeah. there I'm, not, I'm not saying the guy's going to be great. What I am going to say is that I think the guy will be decent enough to hopefully, certainly keep, we'll get into the running backs here in a second, but hopefully he's good enough to keep Garrett Wilson afloat, right? So last year, Garrett Wilson, in games that Zach Wilson did not start, averaged 17.9 fantasy points per game. 17.3, I should say. 17.3 fantasy points per game. He was the ninth best wide receiver in fantasy on a points per game basis. In games that Zach Wilson played last year or started, Garrett Wilson averaged 8.6 fantasy points per game. He was wide receiver 61. So, again, like really stark differences. And so that's the biggest concern, I think, of going from Rodgers to Zach Wilson is what does that affect Garrett Wilson, who most people had as a borderline wide receiver one this season. We all expected him to ascend this year, Connor, with yeah. Rodgers under center. And now it looks like it's going to be the Zach Wilson show. He takes the biggest hit out of everyone, right, when you look at this offense, because obviously not only was Aaron Rodgers going to lift him up, but the amount of targets he was going to see in an offense that would simply throw more with Aaron Rodgers compared to how much they're going to throw with Zach Wilson, assuming they don't make a move for a veteran. So, that's what really hurts. You saw the communication already between Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers in the preseason. They'd been working on that from OTAs throughout training camp and had a lot of success with it. And now Zach Wilson and him have to find that. It's as simple as that. But I think it's on Nathaniel Hackett, too, to get Garrett Wilson involved with easy throws because that's so, something they did not do last night. So here's my question for you, Connor. So the next five weeks for the Jets at Cowboys, New England, Kansas City, at Denver, Philadelphia. I, I'm just going to go out and say that's the toughest five-week stretch any team has got coming right. up. And then they go into the bye. What chance do you think Zach Wilson is not the starting quarterback coming out of that bye? Uh, forget injuries and stuff, but that they, you know, they signed Carson Wentz or they trade for Jacoby Brissett or something. What do you right. think the chances are there? Or where, where's Joe Flacco these days? Oh, yeah. God. Matt Ryan. Not with the Jets. I think a true coin flip, and that might even okay. be generous, yep. honestly. I might put yep. it at 40-60, yep. honestly. That I makes think, sense to me. Number one, 
they have to make some kind of move anyway, and that doesn't have to be a move that, hey, you're starting this week against Dallas. No. Tim Boyle's the next guy after Zach Wilson. That's not uh, a player that you're – you're not suiting up Tim Boyle. Right. I'm sorry. It's just you're not. So they are going to make a move, in my opinion. It's a matter of what is the – urgency of that move is it trading for somebody that can actually play like Jacoby Brissett or even Jameis Winston or is it getting somebody off the scrap heap right now and Carson Wentz that we really have no idea if he can play anymore yep. that's the lingering question but will they make a move they have to make some kind of move for yep. this team you know what's, what's interesting right is that because that the trade with the Packers that had Aaron Rodgers played 60 percent I think over 60 percent of the snaps this year they owed the Packers a first round pick right. which they were more than happy to give up they they wanted Rodgers to play 100% of the snaps, right? Um, but now that obviously that Aaron Rodgers is only going to f- play four snaps in the 2023 season, it's now a second-round pick, which means a first-round pick that they'd already sort of mentally written off is there for the taking. Do they take that first-round pick and make an offer to somebody else because this team is built to win right now? So that's what it stands right now. I think they can't trade it right now because it is a conditional pick. I wonder yeah. if that condition locks in if they put him on IR or something like that. But the problem the Jets always had is they can't trade their first or second round pick as long as those conditions are lingering, which is a really odd wrinkle in all of this. I'm not sure there's anyone that could really change. I mean, Stafford or something. The Rams look good. A lot of people, Jets week. fans, are messaging about Stafford. Like, yeah. oh, I think Stafford looked pretty good in yeah. LA. I think they might want to keep him. Yeah, I don't know if Sean McVay is uh, signing up for that. Yeah, yeah what he did with uh, Puka Nakua, uh, who we'll get into. But yeah, look, this Jets team is too good to punt on this season. You cannot go forward with just Zach Wilson. They have to make a move, to your point. They, they have to. They're trying to bring back Mike White. <sighs> Call Miami. <laughs> yeah, it's well, a we need him back. It's we a division back, rival. Right? That's probably, it's, probably, it's uh, it's probably uh, you know. Listen, I mean, I don't know. I, I saw about eight million memes last night. I got a Tom, bunch of Tom I brought Tom Brady in in, uh, in Jets gear. I got a bunch of texts, not from either of you two assholes, <laughs> <No>. but uh, <laughs> I did. I did get it from a bunch of my actual friends that put me on text <laughs> yeah, threads. We, we kept the, the memes in our direct. Yeah, no, train. I understand. Listen, I understand. I get it. For all of the problems around the Jets right now at the quarterback position, Jay, you brought up just this team is too good to but mail it in. Before we move off, there, to me, there's nothing to do with Garrett Wilson other than just like no, you have to you hope, right? You, you drafted him. Like, I'm not selling, quote, low. I mean, again, it's going to be a tough stretch, but hopefully volume gets there. And again, we did see, like, in a game in which Zach Wilson was not scheduled to play in a tough matchup, he still managed to get into the end zone. Obviously, it was an acrobatic, mm. insane catch. But the fact of the matter is, still 5 for 34 and a touchdown at the end of the day. Garrett Wilson had a productive fantasy day on a night that a lot of players on that field did not. And he's going to be very high variance, high upside, because teams are going to want Zach Wilson to throw. And Zach, Garrett Wilson was one, covered one-on-one a lot of last night, and they just didn't throw it to him until yeah. they did. But game script also, I think, worked against... Garrett Wilson having a big game last night just because it was close in the fourth quarter. Salah clearly didn't want to put the game in Zach's hands. Uh, so certainly, particularly the schedule coming up, they're going to be throwing. Yeah, I think Garrett Wilson is just too good of a player yeah. to be completely wiped off the board. And I think yeah. another guy that fits that mold that we got to see in a highly anticipated return was Brees Hall. And we got to hear from Brees Hall after the game on his return from long injury. I mean, once I got on the field, I was like, all right, I'm still that dude. Like, I'm... Anytime I, can, anytime I touch the ball, I can do whatever I want with it. So um, I always have that mentality. But, you know, uh, I was just happy the coaches kind of stuck with me today. And then, you know, just uh, they said I was going to have a pitch count before the game. But I told them, like, you know, I know I'm on a pitch count, but if I have to, I will. So they kind of just rolled with me and Dalvin and MC just carrying, the, carrying us today. So it was cool. Did you think you were going to score on that long run, that 83 yard? I did, but I got I ain't played a game in a year. I got tired, bro. So I was like, <laughs> he caught me, but. Uh, I won't get caught next time. I don't think, but I think I'll be good. 
So that was Brees Hall, who you heard him. The coaches had him on a pitch count. The funny part is that pitch count of only 10 rushes, 127 yards, Matthew Berry. Brees was galloping like we saw when he was fully healthy his rookie year. It, it was unbelievable, especially because, by the way, like he just looked a different speed than Dalvin Cook, who's not a slouch. That's what's crazy is it's like you were like, you know, wait, which one's the healthy one and which one's the guy coming off injury? Like, he just looked like a, a different gear than Dalvin Cook against the same team. And I did think they would be able to run somewhat effectively against um, uh, against the Bills. I had a 14 parlay that I'm very upset that, uh, like, I had I had anytime touchdown. I had Gabe Davis. I had Garrett Wilson anytime touchdown. I had the under on the total. I had the under on Gabe Davis. And then I had the over on Dalvin Cook rushing, which I missed by about... Uh, 15 yards, unfortunately. Very upsetting. Would have paid me quite a bit of money. Um, so, and I'm here back with you, jerk. Um, unfortunately, would have been able to retire. Uh, what do you guys do? Uh, Try again next weekend. Yeah, next uh, weekend, I yeah. guess. Uh, no, all, all, all seriousness, um, Brees Hall, like, Brees Hall was ranked higher than Dalvin Cook in drafts by me and by a lot of other people, and you saw why. And, and so I think that my analysis when we found out that Brees Hall was going to be back for the regular season um, and they signed Dalvin Cook, my analysis at the time was like, I think if you go back to Aaron Rodgers, Nathaniel Hackett, 2021 in Green Bay, when Aaron Jones was, you know, like getting 15, 16, 17 touches a game and A.J. Dillon was getting 10, 12 touches a game, like that feels like the right mix. And I think that will be – that's the correct mix, I think, moving forward once Brees gets up to speed. Although I think you could see um, that increase on both ends because, again, I think they're going to want to hide their offense a little bit. And they're going to want to, like, lean on Brees and Dalvin Cook. If, if anything, what the Rodgers injury does is, to me, it says, like, Dalvin Cook's going to have more value. Brees Hall is clear. That's cl- – like, it's cl- – like, that dude looked awesome. And wherever you got him, he was a value this year. Uh, but it's, I feel like Dalvin Cook's going to get more work than we expected just because of the way the offense is going to evolve. Yeah, I think there were two positives. One, if you take out the 83-yard run, uh, he was still 9 for 44 and a reception for 20 yards goes over his rushing prop on that alone. And secondly, he's clearly not himself yet. Like, he runs out of gas on the 83-yard. You compare that to the, what, 77-yarder against the Broncos right. just before he did his injury. He's still got a ton of upside. So it feels like he's at, like, 60 70%, and he just went 10 for 127. <laughs> Against he, the Bills. Look, in his first game back after a torn ACL, he got 40% of the running back carries in this yeah. game, 32% of the team snaps. He had, you mentioned, forget the 83-yard run, he still had two other runs of yeah. over 20 yards in this game. He finished with the second most rushing yards of any running back in week one, despite, uh, you know, only rushing the ball 10 times, right? I mean, he's the only running back with over 100 rushing yards on fewer than 20, on fewer than 20 rushing attempts. He only needed 10 to get there. He looked, he looked awesome. If, I understand that Jets fans are, like, hanging their heads today because they're just like, oh, man, this is awful. We had such optimism, and then we don't. But if there is some positives to take away from last night, A, you won the game, and B, Brees Hall looks awesome. Yep. Yeah, he looked incredible, without a doubt. And I think another positive, if you have Brees in fantasy, is that running behind Mekhi Becton at right tackle, a new mm-hmm. position for him, he looked great as well. So I think this is actually sustainable for the Jets running backs going forward. And they'll, they'll need them to be because their situation at quarterback, they need these two. Because, by the way, like, okay, Dallas, that's going to be brutal. But, like, the Patriots, the Chiefs, the Broncos are the next three teams. Up. You, can, like, run not, you can run on those guys. No one, like, you're not really scared about, um, you know. The Bills have a good defense. The, the, yeah, I mean, exactly. That's the thing, right? Like, exactly. 
Exactly. So. And and I thought their run schemes last night were pretty clever. I thought they were, you know, um, I thought they did a nice job and they'll design even more and so and and you saw them both in the same backfield a couple of times yep. there. So uh, anyway, I think Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook will be values this year. Over on the Bills side of things, the story of this heartbreaking loss was Josh Allen's turnovers, as simple as that, once again against Robert Sala's defense. So let's hear from Josh Allen after the game. Josh, the four turnovers, um, was that something that he did, or is that just you maybe forcing the ball, trying to force the ball in a little bit? Yeah, trying to force the ball. Um, <sighs> yeah, same sh- Same place, different day. It's a good defense we played, but, you know, we can't play two guys. Can't play them and us, and I played us tonight, and, yeah. You know, we, we prepared so hard. The effort was there. Our guys played so hard. Defense gave us opportunities. Um, they played a heck of a game, and, you know, it sucks when, you know, you feel like you're the reason, and I, I am the reason why we lost tonight. Pretty honest description there of Josh Allen's night. Jordan White had three interceptions against him. Obviously, Allen had the fumble that was forced by Michael Clemens as well. Just a, I'm just kind of reckless play, Jay. To me, the most baffling thing. Look, a couple of the interceptions were basically arm punts. To me, the bigger concern is that he's sacked five times. He, lo- he fumbles yeah. twice, has a bad pick as well. And uh, the, the concern is that he's only pressured on 26% of dropbacks. Like, he wasn't under siege. He was making these mistakes himself. And, look, I think that this is just always going to be a part of his game. He's a gunslinger. I mentioned Brett Favre before. That's kind of Josh Allen. And he still has the rushing ability. He goes 6 for 36 last night. I mean, there was talk about Josh Allen running the ball less this year and taking care more of his body. He jumped into, like, five blocks. <laughs> it it was He's just, the craziest I've seen from yeah, him. Yeah. yeah I mean, was, just for one more yard, he, drew, he jumped into five defenders yeah. on one play. Yeah, I mean, two of the interceptions were deep balls. Like, in essence, they were basically punts. Yep. You know, it looks bad on the stat sheet, but ultimately, that's all it was. Um, uh, the, the interception on the on the out route to Gabe, you know, that where he was intending to get to Gabe Davis. He wanted, like, to Gabe Davis... Not you know not cut enough like who knows in he terms of that route Sauce right? and Whitehead though too. I mean, that's, yeah, that's the other thing. By the way, I mean like the Jets are a really really right. good secondary. You know like both games. Um, you know when Josh Allen, you know his other four turnover game was against the Bills. I'm sorry, against the Jets. Like I mean yep. you know like having a bad game on Monday Night Football uh, against the Jets. You know, it's yeah. not. It's it just other people have done that too. Feels like this team just doesn't have a plan sometimes. Like the Bengals playoff game was a complete disaster tonight. Like the only way you're losing this game is if you're turning it over four times. Basically, you just right. need to play conservative and and need and a win. doink field goal to even get yeah, it to overtime. Exactly. I mean, exactly. the the fact is is that we talked about this in the off season that it felt like a lot of times the Bills' plan is like, okay, Josh, go save us. Yeah, put your cape on, Josh. Right. You, and, and the problem is is that when you do that, number one is right, you know. He puts it, and sometimes he just can't do it. Yeah. A lot of those plays that the interceptions came on was him again trying to be hero ball and just trying to like, okay, I've got my cape on, let me see what I can do here. And like, at some point, at some point, other people have to step up. Stefan Diggs had a very nice game here. Obviously, ten for one hundred two and a touchdown, thirty three percent target share on thirteen targets. Like, he's just he's just awesome. But somebody else needs to step up um, uh, for the Bills. They. They play. They're home to the Raiders next week. He'll be fine. Yeah, again, Russell, we saw, Russell Wilson like, was fishing. I, I mean, again, like you know, whatever. Uh, uh, Joe Burrow was brutal. Jalen Hurts didn't do much this week. You know, even Mahomes, it wasn't a great game because of all the drops. Like the fact of the matter is, is that fantasy wise, all the elite guys, 
are going to be elite guys next week. I'm not panicked on any of these guys. But no doubt, tough day at the office for Josh Allen. As you see the Bills receiving leaders here, listen, they're an offense that doesn't play within structure very often, and that helps Stephon Diggs. Because you look at Stephon Diggs' 13 targets, and he caught 10 of them. So many of those plays were where Josh Allen extended Correct. and Diggs can make something happen along the sideline. So that's great for Stephon Diggs, but it's not good for the rest of this offense. No, and there was the hope that Gabe Davis would bounce back. I mean, again, it's the Jets' defense, so we'll see. And it's been one week, but, I mean, two for 32, only four targets. Pretty much all came on that one 26-yard completion. They were, they were getting, to your point, to me the biggest thing that needs to be cleaned up is that offensive line. They were getting to Josh way too easily. Yep. I will say that I think like their next four games, Raiders – my uh, 1-0 commanders, Dolphins at home, and then Jacksonville in London. And so none of those defenses, you know, my commanders have a good defense, not a great defense, not nearly as good as the Jets. But you're not worried about, uh, I don't think you're worried about Miami's defense or the Raiders' defense uh, or the Jaguars' defense as it relates to Josh Allen. The Giants are the next one after that on NBC, Sunday so, night game. So, yeah, he should do well in that one too. Yeah, and we have and we have, the, we have Zach Wilson of the Jets against the Chiefs in week four. Like, how soon do we get to flex? Can someone look that up? How soon <laughs> that, do we get to That game cannot, cannot be flexed. Yeah, yeah. I already have checked into all of this. So, listen. Hey, it could be Jacoby Brissett against listen, Patrick Zach Mahomes. Zach Wilson was compared to Patrick Mahomes coming out of college. So, so there you, you go. Never know. It you is, know. you know, listen, Mahomes the fact of the matter Mahomes. is, is Patrick Mahomes, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes on his own is must-watch TV. Yeah, so there right. you go. Must-see right. TV. Our last note from this game on the Bills, James Cook obviously mm-hmm. leads their backfield. 12 rushing attempts, 46 yards. I think... More notably, he only had 17 yards receiving, but he was targeted six times, Barry. They were looking his way in the pass game quite often. That's, I think, the most exciting thing. The weird part, by the way, is that they also threw to Damian Harris. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. I love that guy. (laughs) But they were, you know, so just, again, trying to find some stuff. But listen, uh, you know, I had James over Dalvin in terms of the Cook brothers. That's how it wound up. James Cook running back 27, Dalvin running back 33 for the week. I think what's most impressive, though, is that the concern coming into this season was, is James Cook the guy? Or is Damian Harris going to be more involved than we thought? James Cook handled 80% of the running back carries. He got 60% of the team snaps. He had, his six targets were the second most on the team. Um, now, admittedly, Damian Harris was the only running back to touch the ball inside the red zone. So that's going to happen. But I, I, I liken back to think about Ramondre Stevenson last year. Damian Harris got a lot of red zone touches last year. Ramondre was more of the, uh, more of the passing down back. Ramondre Stevenson was still a top 10 fantasy running back. And... Damian Harris is now on the Bills. So I, I, I guess my point is, is that even without some of the red zone touches, it caps James Cook's upside, but there's still very much a viable path to him being a very usable top 20, top, you know, number two running back in fantasy. I was, he was the second best running back on the field last night after Brees Hall, I thought. Yep, agreed. The one concern would be that like they were leading pretty much the whole game until the fourth quarter. They controlled time of possession, and they still ran the ball 22 times to Allen's 41 pass attempts. Like This team wants to throw the ball, and that will cap Cook's upside a little bit, but in terms of getting to a, a low-end RB2, I don't think it affects that too much. I, but also, I just think... like. I think they were taking what the Jets could give them. Like sure. it, it, it was hard to run against it. I mean, I thought James Cook earned some tough yards. I was excited that the, despite the fact that the offensive line honestly got dominated by the Jets, let's be clear, that the, even though the, the, the Bills' line got dominated by the Jets, they still, the fact is they committed to, you know, trying to establish some sort of a run game here with, with James Cook. So as somebody who has a lot of James Cook, I did not come out of week one discouraged. I came out encouraged, actually. I was very happy with the usage last sure. night. And Josh Allen can't get hit like that all season. I mean, that is not sustainable for the Bills. I don't care how great he is. Josh Allen, Josh Allen's going to be awesome next week. Yes. Josh, like, like whatever, whatever the line is on Josh Allen, I want the over right now. <laughs> By the but, dip? 
Yeah, I'm, bu- I'm buying the dip. <laughs> yeah. I'm buying the dip as on the young Josh people Allen. like yourself say. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. I'm still very proud to let everyone know that Josh Allen is an investor in FantasyLife.com. <laughs> oh. like, I just want everyone to know that. Like, I'm not shying away okay. from it. Like, yeah. I am still... Because you're kind of moving away from Burrow a little yeah. bit. After no, the no, 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 no. I'm yesterday. still very, I'm still very proud of jo- <laughs> Joe Burrow's investment in FantasyLife.com yeah. and Jamar Chase's yeah. and Austin Eckler's. Patrick Mahomes, meanwhile, had a shocking week one, and he's not an investor. <laughs> Correct. Yes. All right. Yes. That's the, that's the correct way to phrase it. We're taking our first if break. If you guys ever texted me, maybe I'd have let you in on the round. <laughs> That's true. That's fair. Something to think about. When we're back, it's time for Waiver Wired. Back after this. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. That's the one concern from yesterday. Yeah, Desmond Ritter did not look good. No! Well, that was actually another thing that me and Connor were texting about without <clears throat> yeah, you. Yeah, without you. But Desmond Ritter did not look good. It's a kindergarten. Right. How do I get on this text chain? Yeah. I, don't, like, I don't know if I want it, but like, I'll yeah, I don't put think you guys do. on red and not respond. <laughs> there but you it go. Just, I just, it, Maybe like, a reaction yeah, they, once in a while. I can't tell you how many times in my life people be like, like I'm like, I didn't get invited to that party. Like, uh, we didn't think you'd want to come. And I'm like, I didn't want to come. <laughs> I just want to be invited. I, I just want to be invited. Another day, Matthew is still not on the text chain. It's just me and We were texting last night about the Mets, about yeah. life, Connor's dog. Nothing, nothing, nothing for you, Matthew. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I, I mean, tell me about three things I don't care about, right? I mean, like, right, your dog, your life, or the Mets. I mean, honestly, That's in that fair. order, but things that I don't care about. like you The know, dog's number one? I, I mean, you know, it's a dog. I would, I would put the Mets easily at number one right now with how things are gone. But, yeah, in terms of what I don't care about. Yeah, I, I mean, know, you open the show like, saying SMY's folding, basically. I mean, I'm just, it's just, what else are you guys going to talk about? Over hey. there, your dog. Right. First place, New York Jets. Mackay Becton. There, there, you, there go. you go. There you go. A lot of Mac- one and Mackay Becton. Just like the can- one Commanders. Jets. Just like my Commanders. That's right. If only you guys had a future Hall of Famer and quarterback. Yeah. If only you guys do. He's just. You know, we might trade for Jacoby Brissett. So yeah, careful. exactly. I, by the way, the best quarterback I, between the two teams I, at the moment. A thousand percent. That's true. That back. Genuinely. I'll tell you. I'll tell you this though. If if the Jets offered a one to Jacoby Brissett, oh my God, hundred percent. Rivera, trade it. A one ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Irsay doing the deals over here. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get into waiver wired. We have a lot of names to go through. Uh, (laughs) So we'll start with the running backs here. And 
Man, what a surprise it was for no. Joshua Kelly week one, Barry. And Austin Eckler still went off. Joshua Kelly, you see him available in 95% of leagues. He leads the list going into waiver wires this week. Yeah, look, I mean, the fact is, is that we're, we're not sure about the availability of Austin Eckler. We're hopeful that it's, but, you know, he was dealing, I think, what, what was the quote? He's dealing with an ankle thing? Yes. Something like yeah, that? Yeah, ankle like, injury day-to-day. Right? Day. Something like, yeah, very he's, day, he's day-to-day, we're all day-to-day. But what's impressive here is, it's, I'm, old, old Keith Oldman, it's an old Keith Oldman quote. It's not my joke. Um, but, uh, look, uh, 45% of the offensive snaps is what Kelly played. His 16 touches, you know, uh, I thought were pretty impressive. He had three carries of uh, ten or plus, ten or more yards, right? Which is tied for the third most of any running back in Week One. The point is, it's like sixteen for ninety-one a touchdown. He looked apart. Austin Eckler for years has talked about that he wants less of a workload. That you know, because he's a smaller back, he wants less. And so, sounds like Kellen Moore heard him and talked about it. Kellen Moore, who obviously used Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard very effectively last year. We've seen him use multiple running backs, even when he has an alpha dog, right? Last year, he had Ezekiel Elliott as the alpha dog, regardless of whether that should be or not. That's what, that's what Jero wanted. And so the fact is, is that he was able to work Zeke and Tony Pollard, and both were very effective fantasy-wise. And so I'm not saying that Josh Kelly is suddenly this year's Tony Pollard, but I'm also saying, like, he's got a lot more value than he than you thought he did 48 hours maybe ago. Maybe Samaji Piran? Yeah, maybe. Year? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, in very important insurance running back if Eckler misses any time, whether it's this week or in the future. Yep. I think the key thing as well is that Kellen Moore just ran the ball a ton against yeah. Miami, where, uh, I mean, Justin Herbert dropped back 36 times. The team, they ran the ball 40 times, which is crazy. Uh, Josh Kelly. And the other thing, too, is that you look at their stats, Eckler and Kelly, and Eckler has a slightly better line, but Eckler broke, broke a 55-yarder, which is always a little bit fluky when you're breaking big plays yeah. like that. Um, and, look, it was a good run, but you take that out, and Kelly kind of outperformed him. Now, the thing here with waivers, specifically to Josh Kelly, but just in general, is like you're the one that knows your team better than we do, right? Um, and so it's ultimately about what do you need in the moment. So Josh Kelly, to me, is a priority pickup if you have Austin Eckler. Josh Kelly is a priority pickup to me if you're looking for the rest of the season, if you need some running back depth. If you're like, I need a guy this week, Josh Kelly ain't your guy. They play the Titans, which is one of the best run defenses in the NFL. But then after that, they're at Minnesota, doesn't scare you. Then they're home to Las Vegas, doesn't scare you. Then they have a bye. So my point is, is like if I'm in a guillotine league, for example, like unlike Blake, Blake got cut from ours. We have a show league. We have a show guillotine league. He survived. Oh, that's he right. Survived. He survived. He deserved <laughs> I mean, Danielle, by Danielle, a hair, by he hair. survived. He should have gotten cut is what I meant yes. to say. I'm sorry. Poor Danielle. Danielle got cut. Um, uh, but... <laughs> He but, started Christian Watson, so, apparently, is yes. what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, Bold right. play. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Bold play, Cotton. Let's yes. see how it works out for you. Um, <laughs> at any rate, I'm off the rails here. The fact of the matter is, is like I'm not starting Josh Kelly in a guillotine league this week, even if Eckler is out. But uh, I do think he's going to have value throughout the season, and certainly to anyone that has Eckler on their roster. All right, let's look at the next one on this list. Kyron Williams available in 94% of leagues. It's not that Cam Akers wasn't involved. Cam Akers got a ton of carries, over 20. Just didn't really do much with them. While Kyron Williams 
had 15 carries for 52 yards, and most notably the two touchdowns there, Jay. I don't know how sustainable that is for the Rams offense, but I think most importantly, Kyron Williams was involved. Kyron Williams was the guy, and it's misleading because Akers got more carries, but that was towards the end of the game. Exactly. Kyron Williams dominated the snap percentage. So, yeah, I think I'd just rather have Kyron Williams over Cam Akers. And, you know, Cam Akers was a guy who was going in, what, the 60s in drafts? And I think I'd already just rather have Kyron Williams. Barry, I remember last summer you were saying how much the Rams really liked Kyron Williams. It might be a third down, more of a third down role. So we know the staff likes him and just feels like this year they're more willing to give him the much more significant workload that turned out much higher than Cam Akers, like you highlighted, Jay, in the first three quarters of the game. That's what stands out. Yeah, I mean, that's what's frustrating is, is like, sometimes, look, the genius is never questioned with me. It's just the timing is always the, the challenge. Because last year, uh, last year in the middle of the year, I was all in on Kieran Williams. And I'm like, I'm telling you, blah, 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 blah. And there's a whole, is up and down with Cam Akers. And then over the second part of the year, like, it was all Cam Akers. And I'm like, I, don't, I really like Kieran Williams, but I guess I'm alone here. And then turns out, and then I bailed on him, you know, and then, um, you know, and I talked up Cam Akers because it looked like they were all in on Cam Akers. And then it turns out I was wrong. Mm. Jay, I should it's, have trusted my genius instead of, you know, Sean McVay, who other people say is a genius. Yeah, it's like with me how I really liked Daniel Jones in 2019, and I just, just mistimed it. And <laughs> right. by 2022, it, it finally came around, and now it's going the other way again. I'm just going to tell you right now, if they ever invent fantasy football time machine i will crush all of you guys like grapes uh look you're absolutely right jay in terms of williams like the fact of the matter is like when it mattered he was the guy you know he got he got it now he wasn't really involved in the in the uh, in the passing game here but 67 percent of the team snaps more importantly 78 percent on third downs four of seven inside the 10 and again somewhat misleading because they used cam Akers a lot towards the end of the game when it was out of hand but uh, I will have Kieran Williams ranked higher than Cam Akers this week for Rams running backs. I think he's a priority add this week. I, I don't know that you can expect two touchdowns every every week. And again, as opposed to what do you need this week versus the longest term season? The Niners. They play the Niners yeah. this week, right? I mean, like I think it's Good gonna. Luck. I think things are coming back down to earth for the entire Rams offense this week against San Francisco. All that said, all the guys we're talking about here is just like you know with Josh Kelly. You know, at best he's got. Josh Kelly needs an injury to Austin Eckler to have true full value. Like, I think he'll have some value as a secondary back, but, like, he's not going to be an elite fantasy option unless something were to happen to Austin Eckler. Kieran Williams has that chance. Like, I, I would argue he's currently the starting running back of the Rams. Yep. So, anyway, he's – of all the guys that are out there, he's the guy that is the – that has the, the largest playing time right now. Yep. One of the bigger surprises of the week, not that Kenneth Gainwell was heavily involved for the Eagles offense. We've talked about that for a while, but that Rashad Penny was a healthy scratch. We got to hear from Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni on that after the game. Uh, you know, there, there was just a number count. I mean, you saw that, you know, I, I don't ever want to come out of a game where DeAndre Swift has only one, two touches either. Um, and so, you know, we were where we were with numbers and some, some of the things, we, you know, our first three guys and through camp or those three guys uh, they dressed and so um you know like i said with boston to have four backs up when boston and uh and rashad or pardon me and uh deandre both only had one carry you know we got to play that number game barry you should put that quote in your pocket for future use we were at where we were at with some numbers and other things yeah it might work out for you i'm gonna i'm gonna sorry i'm brown. listen yeah. i listen you know um i i feel like i i've that's the kind of you know 
uh, back in my single days. Oh. You know, when I would nice. when I would get caught, you know, yeah, uh, you know, single days in East, East Lansing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the East Lansing disaster. Yeah. yeah. And there was also one night in Buffalo um, <laughs> that I don't want to talk about. But uh, yeah, you know, just like yeah, well, sorry, it was a numbers game. I sort of got caught. Um, look, the fact of the matter here is. That was a lot of gobbledygook to say, oh, like, man, we don't like Rashad Penny. Like, I just, it was very clear what he was saying, and then he also couldn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't um. want to, like, he was just sort of like, ah, bah, 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 bah. You know, just like, yeah, man, you don't like Rashad Penny. Oh. Like, like, I don't want to come out of a game where DeAndre Swift only has two carries. Well, you just did, yeah. you know, and you won. So, um, like he could have changed that. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, he can say well, all he wants, but I think they're, mo- they're most comfortable with Gainwell in the, in the system. I mean, he played 62% of the, uh, the team's snaps. What's most important is 50% on third downs and inside the 10. He handled 82% of the team's running back touches. Now, he's dealing with a little bit of a rib injury today, so we'll see. He didn't participate in today's work, walkthrough. We'll see if that becomes serious. It's worth noting because they are the Thursday night game against the Vikings. So, you know, short turnaround here. So maybe he doesn't get as much work on Thursday night because he's dealing with a little bit of a rib issue. But it's going to be a committee. Yes, DeAndre Swift and... I don't know about Boston Scott. Daniel Swift will get a little bit more run, but if you're asking me who's going to be my highest-ranked Eagles running back this week, it's going to be Kenneth Gainwell, and I think it's going to be for the foreseeable future. It's still going to be a committee, and still the guy at the goal line that I think has the best shot at scoring a touchdown is always going to be Jalen Hurts. But Kenneth Gainwell, who we've talked throughout the preseason about Connor and Jay, is somebody that shouldn't be available in many leagues. Yeah, I do think there were some outliers in week one. Like, I don't think Kenneth Gainwell is going to be out rushing uh, DeAndre Swift 14-1 to 1 every week. Of course. I don't think Tajay Spears is going to be out-snapping Derrick Henry every week. So a few things to pour cold water on, but Gainwell is definitely the guy you want. Over in Baltimore, the Ravens' backfield obviously dealt with disaster week one, losing J.K. Dobbins for the season due to the Achilles injury. And you saw Justice Hill available in 96% of leagues. But I think all eyes with John Harbaugh and his backfield is – who else will be involved? And we got to hear from him on Melvin Gordon and the rest of the running back market for the Ravens as it exists. No, I think that uh, we're, we're good. I like the guys we got. Uh, Melvin uh, is going to, you know, he's here for a reason. And uh, certainly didn't expect it to be this quick, but uh, uh, that's why he's here. That's why he wanted to stay here, I think, because, you know, he likes it here. You know, and he likes the offense and he likes the, the, uh, the environment. And uh, he's a heck of a talented guy. You saw him in the preseason. He's a, he's a proven back, so I'm very, very glad that he's here. So I'm sorry, John, that was when you said you're good, you don't foresee looking outside the organization to add a running back? No, I mean, I, I, you know, no, I don't. I'm, that's not what I'm looking to do, but, you know, if you want to ask Eric what his thoughts are, give him a call. <laughs> Interesting aesthetic for the Baltimore press conference. Looks like John Harbaugh's about to break down, like, a middle school biology curriculum or something. But um, right. that aside, or, I mean, this or, is... Or, the, or they're about to be a, a spotlight on him and ask him where he was the night of the 12th. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was intense. It, yeah. it just so, definitely seemed like you know, some sort of interrogation yeah. room, you know? And... they got to uh, they got to fix that up. Anyway, it's been about a decade now of Baltimore's running back situation. I mean, it's just it's like Justin Forsett, Terrence West, now we're in the... Uh, no, Justin uh, Hill, Gus Edwards. Don't, don't, don't remember that there was the Kenyon Drake era. Yes, the, Kenyon Drake. The Latavius Murray era. Um, uh, Devontae Freeman. Yeah. It's, oh, not, it's not ideal. Uh, I mean, yeah, ever since Ray Rice, basically. That's the last time they had a really go-to guy. And look, I don't think any of these, like Justice Hill, Gus Edwards, Melvin Gordon, I don't think you're going to be confident starting any of these guys, even in favorable matchups. Uh, as we look at the comparison in week one against the Titans, Justice Hill and Gus Edwards both had eight carries. Uh, Hill gets in the end zone twice. 
and sees a slightly higher snap rate. But I mean, Matthew, do you have a read on this situation? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it will be it will be annoying, and it'll be kind of a committee, and obviously Lamar is going to be involved as well. If I have to pick one, give me Justice Hill. I know you sit there and go eight rushes for nine. Justice Hill only 8 for 9 versus 8 for 32 with Gus Edwards, who's a much better north-south runner, Gus Edwards is. But for me, with Hill, it's the passing game usage, right? So after J.K. Dobbins went down, Justice Hill played 52% of the snaps. He played 6 of 7 um, uh, downs on 3rd and 4th down. He got all three touches inside the 10-yard line. He played all three of those snaps. So uh, I just feel like... I feel like there's a better... Touchdowns are so fluky, you know what I mean, that I feel like there's a better chance that Justice Hill, because he's got some passing game usage, feels like they'll mix and match in terms of the rushing, but at least Hill also has some passing game usage. But, by the way, Harbaugh's right. Melvin Gordon is fine. You know what I mean? Why he's there. Yeah, it's why he's there. Melvin Gordon is... um, And there's a chance, by the way, I would not be shocked if, you know, we're talking a week from now about, like, how Melvin Gordon led the backfield. Because, again, Melvin Gordon is a a complete back. Like, he is somebody who is proven, can do pass pro. Obviously, he's a good pass catcher as well. He's good between the tackles. A little bit of a fumbling issue. Um, But I wonder if maybe he was, for lack of a better way to describe it, because he was he was the most similar to J.K. Dobbins, and, you know, he's also the newest guy there, so that's why maybe he didn't make the squad initially – but because um, now that Dobbins out, maybe they feel like – so we'll see. But if I'm picking one right now, give me Hill over Edwards. I do think it's going to be a committee, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend a high waiver priority or a lot of fab budget on the Ravens' backfield. Let's take a look at, real quickly, some other notable running back waiver targets. These are your deeper league guys on the radar right here. Tajay Spears, Roshan Johnson, Chuba Hubbard, Jerome Ford. And then one of your sleepers from the summer, Barry, Sean Tucker, who ended up making the Bucks roster. Not a good week for Rashad White. Second lowest rushing yards over expected among qualified running backs in week one for Rashad White. So Sean Tucker is somebody I think is really interesting. Jerome Ford, it's worth noting that a lot of his uh, snaps came in the fourth quarter, but he is certainly a great insurance back for, um, uh, for Nick Chubb. And the last one on Rashawn Johnson there, obviously, I, like he played heavily in the fourth quarter, but like he played more than I thought he was going to in week one. And there's a there's a path there's a path to Rashawn Johnson winning this backfield versus you know Spears would need a Spears would need an injury to Derrick Henry, right? Chuba Hubbard would need an injury to Miles Sanders. Sean t- to me the two guys that ha- and you know Ford would need an injury to four, uh, to Nick Chubb. So Sean Tucker and Rashawn Johnson in that order are the guys that have a the clearest path to winning playing time just because they're good. Yep. Let's jump into the wide receivers on the waiver wire, and we have to start with the guy that had a monster week in Puka Nakua. So you're going to see him at the top here, available in 93% of the leagues. Tried to warn you, and Puka we Nakua. And we the, talked up Puka Nakua quite a bit. We did, but and I don't, Jay laughed at us. We, but did. only because only because we, uh, we 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 weren't sure on the pronunciation. <laughs> Puka Nakua. Puka Fifteen Nakua. targets, ten catches, 119 yards against the Seattle secondary. Upcoming schedule against the Niners, which is always scary. The Bengals, that's a good defense. Then he has Indianapolis and the Eagles as well. But I think the bottom line here is Barry. Puka Nakua is going to be a favorite target of Matthew Stafford this year. One of two players with a 40% target share. <laughs> Sorry, killed the right. one. Right? I mean, right, seriously. He had 15 targets. That was him and Tyreek Hill tied for the most targets in week number one. He also tied for the team lead in routes run. Look, we were not surprised he was involved. We, we talked about this on Fantasy Football pregame Sunday morning. We mentioned him as kind of a sneaky ad uh, as well. We've talked about him on this show previously when the Cooper Cup injury happened that, look, this is somebody they like a lot uh, that, uh, that had a really strong camp. 
And we know that Matthew Stafford likes to focus on one person. So my point is, is Puka Nakua, which I think means no worries, <laughs> uh, <laughs> is absolutely That's a, a real thing. Oh, is that what it is? It's a <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. Puka Nakua means fantasy goodness is what that means. So uh, anyway, I think he's a priority ad. I do not think this was a fluke. I think he will have a role when Cooper Cup comes back. If Cooper Cup comes back, uh, he is the Rams' Oh, pass catcher that I want the most. This is not a fluke. He was the fifth yeah. highest rated wide receiver by PFF grade in week one. He's unbelievable. Look, he's like he's plus three thousand to an offensive rookie of the year. Like how high is the ceiling on Puka Nakua? Well, and I what, look, we talked about this like two weeks ago when, like I told you, I got a text from my buddy Jim Nagy who runs the Senior Bowl, and he's just like, of all the kids out, he's like, I just got out of my fantasy draft and I drafted Puka Nakua in the last round. I'm telling you, this kid can play. So I'm just, you know, uh, I'm just telling you that. Um, uh, you know, they know what they got there in L.A. They're very excited about it. Tutu Atwell as well, by the way. Sort of they passed Van Jefferson as well. He had five deep targets in week one. We know Stafford likes to sling it. Five of his eight, tar- uh, eight targets came in the slot, so they're moving a Tutu Atwell around quite a bit as well. Six for 119. Again, they're playing the Niners this week, but I do think, it, I do think it's going to be Nakua and Atwell in that order for the Rams passing attack. Yep. How about the forgotten man in the Jacksonville offense, Zay Jones, available in almost 70% of the leagues. He has targeted seven times, five catches, 55 yards, and a touchdown against the Colts. And Jay, I mean, he outperformed Christian Kirk in this game. I'm not going to say that's going to be a constant, but Zay Jones, he matters. I, think I much, will. Yeah, I think okay. there's a new forgotten man in Jacksonville, and his name's Christian Kirk. I might rather just have Zay Jones going forward with that 100%, offense. 100%. Look, they, that's their offense is Ridley and Zay Jones on the outside. Christian Kirk played almost entirely in the slot, mm-hmm. and that's what they want to do. And so they're going to be going two wide, more than three wide, um, uh, a decent amount. And so Zay Jones, who very quietly last year had 82 receptions, mm-hmm. just by comparison, more than Amari Cooper, more than Terry McLaurin. So Zay Jones, who played on 88% of the offensive snaps, compared with just 61% to Christian Kirk, just as we're sort of talking about there. Zay Jones is going to be a thing. And um, this is going to be a pass-first offense. It's going to be a good offense. Kansas City, Houston, Atlanta, and then Buffalo in London. But the next three weeks line up really nicely for the Jaguars' offense. In Green Bay, Romeo Dobbs capitalized off of no Christian Watson this week available for Jordan Love. And Christian Watson's dealt with a lot of injuries already in his young career. Dobbs, only five targets, four catches. The yardage isn't there with 26, but he does end up catching two touchdowns. My one caveat in this one, Barry, it just feels like everybody goes off against the Bears' defense lately. <laughs> it's cut, to, cut to Chicago. Yeah. Oh, wow, taking a shot. <laughs> you know, but yes, I 100% agree. It doesn't look like if Christian Watson is out once again, you certainly like, you, you like Dobbs. Tied for the team lead with five targets. He, he, he scored on both of his red zone targets. He is to the extent they have anyone, a veteran, right? I know it's only his second year, but, like, again, they're just so young in that receiver room. So uh, Dobbs, who's available in almost 70% of leagues, gets the Falcons next week. How about Kendrick Bourne? I think this guy is really interesting, right? Six for 64 and two touchdowns. He had a 20% target share, 11 targets. Now, is Mac Jones throwing it 50 times every week? Obviously not. And Devontae Parker was not active for this game, but still – Kendrick Bourne is one of those guys that when he's got an opportunity, whether it was in San Francisco, whether it's in New England, I feel like he always produces. Yeah, he yep. really he does. I, I agree. And another guy to watch, Rashid Shahid, who went 5 for 89 Connor's touchdown, yeah. six targets, uh, really could have had a deep bomb touchdown at the end as well that Derek Carr just missed him on. Uh, he is a guy, I mean, it looks like they're going to be able to support three wide receivers because Michael Thomas, my man, was also good too. That was my biggest question. Is I thought Shahid would really get a huge bump when Thomas inevitably gets banged up, but it looks like all three of these guys are going to matter under Derek Carr's passing attack. What will be interesting to see is what happens when they play a defense they can run against. They couldn't run against Tennessee, yep. so they had to throw the ball. Right, and there's no Alvin 
Kamara. So what happens in four weeks when, when they're, we're up against teams that they can run against and they have Kamara back? All of that said, here's their upcoming schedule. We've talked about this all throughout the preseason, just how ridiculously easy the Saints' schedule is, why we love the Saints' defense. But they're at Carolina this week, then they're at Green Bay, they're home to Tampa Bay, they're at New England. Like, none of those new, – at New England is probably the scariest place to play, but still, they should be able to move the ball reasonably effectively against the Patriots. So um, – I'm not ready to say, yes, they can definitely, they're going to pass enough to support three wide receivers, but I will say that Shahid looked really good and gives them a, uh, an element that they, don't, um, that they don't have. He did. Okay. And then we'll close well, I mean, out I haven't Olave, with some Steelers. With the Steelers here, it sounds like Deontay Johnson is going to miss some time. What does that do, Barry, for Allen Robinson in this offense that really struggled against the Niners week one? Suddenly makes him somewhat relevant. Now, the, here's the question. Allen Robinson's been playing the slot. And if you told me, hey, Allen Robinson's going to continue to play in the slot, great. Love that because there'll be more targets. This will be a better offense than what they showed against San Francisco, right? The only concern is, like, they've got Calvin Austin, right? They, you know, they've, they've got other guys. They've got smaller guys there, like Oshesky, right? Yep. Uh, yeah, that That – are going to play in this that feel like they're much more better suited to the slot. So Allen Robinson, who can play outside, we don't want him to play outside, you know what I mean? But he can play outside. Um, uh, but if he stays uh, stays in the slot, I think he becomes pretty interesting. They're home to Cleveland this week, I believe that's the Monday night game. Then they're at Las Vegas, at uh, Houston, then home to Baltimore. So two of the next three games are really nice matchups for him. Deontay Johnson expected to be sidelined a few weeks with that hamstring injury. George Pickens, sky's the roof for him, and I wonder if we see more Jalen Warren as well as part of this passing attack. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life. Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. All right, guys, as we look here, we see the tight end receiving yards leaders from week one. And who do you see at the top there? Hunter Henry. Barry, who has to be somebody that obviously is going to be a priority waiver wire claim if you need a tight end. I mean, he got 56 receiving yards and led the position, which <laughs> just goes to show you how gross. We need Kelsey uh, back. Yeah, I mean, Andrews we really back. do. And Mark Andrews yeah. back. I mean, we need the whole crew back. But the fact of the matter is, is yeah, look, 
Hunter Henry is going to be a thing. We talked about him in the preseason as well. 72% route participation in week, num- week one. His 42 routes were the thir- third most on the team. We know that he's always been good in the red zone. We know that him and Mac Jones have a connection. We know that Bill O'Brien likes to run 12 personnel quite a bit and that Hunter Henry is significantly ahead of Mike Gusecki in terms of the pecking order there. So, you know, think about think the, the play the Dolphins this week. And they're at the Jets you don't love at, at Dallas. So it's some, some tough matchups here. But because there's tough matchups, you think maybe he gets peppered a little bit uh, more. Again, 556 and a touchdown. He's available in 84% of leagues. Next guy on the list for me is Luke Musgrave, who we've talked a lot about. He should have had a touchdown in this one. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, like, it just falling backwards and, you know, just Jordan Love didn't hit him correctly. But he led the team in routes run in week one. He played on 75% of the offensive snaps. And now he gets the Falcons that just gave up, you know, Five five receptions and a touchdown to Hayden Hurst. Yep, and also just the Packers, their schedule the first half of the season is incredibly kind. New Orleans after Atlanta is tougher, but then Detroit at the Raiders, like, they will be able to face them. There's a very real chance that, and particularly with Christian Watson's injury concerns and Romeo Dobbs is still unproven, he could be Jordan Love's go-to guy. The final one there, Hayden Hurst, of course, who could become a favorite target of the young quarterback and Bryce Young. Targeted seven times, caught five uh, passes for 41 yards. Most importantly, Barry, the touchdown in this one, too. Yeah, look, they play New Orleans this week, and they're traditionally very tough against tight ends, so I don't know that I would love Hayden Hurst this week. But then at Seattle, home to Minnesota, at Detroit, so it's a nice schedule after the Saints this week. And again, honestly, like I don't know how much you watch that game, but Listen, I love Adam Thielen. He's a friend of the show. He's been on the show. He's awesome. But, like, it, there's a reason he's not on the Vikings yeah. anymore. A lot right? of time catch up to everyone, Barry. You I mean, know a lot about that. <laughs> I do. Factually correct. <laughs> Believe me. Adam Thielen. Like, you know, me yeah. and Adam Thielen. Uh, I get it, brother. Uh, so, yeah, with, you know, especially with DJ Shark banged up as well. Hayden Hurst, again, young quarterback that wants to be uh, – that young quarterback that wants to be conservative. And let's be clear, Frank Reich has used the tight end traditionally, when it, whether it was in Philadelphia, Indianapolis. Like The tight end is usually a big part of the kind of plays that Frank Reich calls as well. So Hayden Hurst, just want to mention, listen, we're hoping to get Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews back this week, but if they don't, Noah Gray and Isaiah Likely. I know it was brutal for Isaiah Likely, but the fact is it was brutal for the entire Ravens offense. They didn't need to pass that much. Just a weird game. Lamar was terrible as well yeah. against the Houston defense. Didn't really make sense. Felt like a very much a growing pains game under Todd Munkin. Yeah, and also just want to mention this, that just before we had, went on air, Denver, uh, news out of Denver, Greg Dolchitz is expected to miss multiple weeks with a hamstring injury, which means Adam Trotman, who is already running ahead of Dolchitz in the preseason and played more snaps on Sunday, suddenly becomes a full-time starting tight end for Russell Wilson. Much more, it's, it's a deeper league ad, or if you're in a tight end premium league where you're just looking for anyone with a pulse, but just want to mention that, that I do think suddenly he's on the deeper league radar. And, of course, due to the Aaron Rodgers news, there will be fantasy players this week maybe looking to pick up a quarterback here, Barry. Who tops your list out of the waiver-wired quarterbacks? It's so weird how things work, right? So, um, you know, Jordan Love replaces Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, and there's a chance that Jordan Love is going to be replacing Aaron Rodgers on a lot of fantasy teams out there as well. To me, he's the best available quarterback that's available in more than 50% of Yahoo leagues. He's available in about 70% of them right now. Look, he led all quarterbacks in passer rating in week one. He was third in yards per pass attempt. I thought he looked good. I thought he looked the part. There are a couple of throws that I think he probably wants to uh, get back. But, I, again, as you mentioned, there's their schedule, right? Yep. Atlanta this week, 
Saints you don't love, but then home to Detroit and at Las Vegas. So three of the next four for Jordan Love, I think, are pretty good. He gets you a little something with the legs as well. Yeah, I think his stats were a little inflated against Chicago. One, because of the Chicago defense. Yeah. There was a lot of yards after the catch as well, but they all count the same. And if they're able to scheme up those yards after the catch, then that'll be fine. By the way, and he was on the road at Chicago. That's a tough place to play. Um, so, And then the next guy available, you're going to think I'm a homer, but future Hall of Famer Sam Howell. Oh, shocker. Th- look, I'll just say this. Future Hall of Famer Sam Howell in an ugly game against Arizona had two turnovers, only one touchdown pass, and yet was still a top 12 quarterback in week number one. Again, the rushing is very well, uh, very real. He's had two career starts. He's got a rushing touchdown in each of them. He was one of four quarterbacks with a rushing touchdown in week one. They play at Denver this week, uh, which is a better defense than Arizona, but not one that super scares you. The only different, the only challenge here with Howell, and this is why I like Love above Howell, at least for the short term, is the schedule. Commanders at Denver, home to Buffalo, at Philadelphia, and then home to Chicago. So two, two decent matchups, two very tough matchups in the next four for Sam Howell. Yeah, also I would like him to run the ball a little bit more. I know he got the touchdown, but only the two rushing attempts as opposed to the five that he had against Dallas in that last game right. last year. But that's, that might be the difference between his fantasy value. If he's Listen, at five carries versus two. I, and if we saw anything from the Buffalo game, I don't know about this week against Denver, but next week against Buffalo, he's going to be running for his yeah. life. Don't worry, you're going to get more than two against <laughs> Buffalo. Make no mistake about that. And then last one here for me, guys. Just if you're streaming defenses, I get it. The Giants looked absolutely brutal. But uh-huh. now they go from Dallas to at Arizona. And um, Arizona's not Dallas. Yeah, from I think the outhouse the Gi- to the penthouse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, think, I think Big Blue as a defense, if you're streaming defenses, Big Blue is pretty interesting as well. And look at the Texans. You know what I mean? Like, give DeMeco Ryan's credit. Like, they played tough. Like, yeah. they played above their talent. Four sacks, two turnovers against the Ravens last week. Now they get the Colts and a rookie quarterback in Anthony Richardson and a suspect offensive line. So I do think the Texans, who are available in 99% of Yahoo leagues, if you're desperate for a streaming defense, could be usable this week against the Colts. Yeah, Will Anderson looked like a monster just from the get-go immediately. All right, everybody. Good luck this week with your waivers, uh, especially if you lost Aaron Rodgers in fantasy. I feel your pain on that one. All right, Jay, let's get back to the futures here and take a look. Thanks to our friends at DraftKings at some futures bets. Of course, Aaron Rodgers now out. The Jets do get a massive division win. But, Jay, no surprise, the odds for the Jets, whether it's to win their division, to win the conference, or to win the Super Bowl, have drastically shifted. Yeah, and this just illustrates the importance of Aaron Rodgers that despite getting a really key division win over Buffalo, the Jets go from plus 290 to win the AFC East before Monday Night Football to now plus 600 and the Miami Dolphins are now the favorites to win the AFC East the plus 135 I would say that if you like Miami to win the division don't bother with that just bet Mike McDaniel to win coach of the year at 14 to 1 everyone loves Mike McDaniel uh, as we've talked about one of the best uh, press conferences in sports and also with coach of the year you want the coaching to be very visible just to be able to point at it you can see exactly what Mike McDaniel does the way he schemes up that offense it's like Kyle Shanahan it's very very evident and people will vote for him if he deserves it by the way if you think the and same same argument for the Jets, right? I mean, again, he's Salah is very good at the press conference. Like, you know, New York media, if you think the Jets somehow pull out this division and make, or even just make the playoffs, right. yep. they don't even have to win the division. If you think Robert Salah and the Jets make the playoffs after losing Aaron Rodgers, which I think there's a chance, right, that sure. they could sneak in as a wild card, right, then you ought to just bet him at 14-1 to 1 as well, right? Yep. 
plenty of narrative there. All the narrative in the world. Is right, there. exactly. Again, it's a New York coach. We saw that last year. Honestly, Brian Dayball won Coach of the Year last year, and while Dayball did a great job, he didn't do nearly as good a job as Kyle Shanahan or Pete Carroll, who's win. Pete Carroll's win total before the year was five. Yeah. Everyone thought the Seahawks were going to be left for dead. They lost Russell Wilson. They're going with Geno. And Seahawks were really – I mean, you know what I mean? So it's just like – It's a narrative award. It's a narrative There's award. There's no objective criteria to whoever's got the best story. Right, exactly. So DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and today new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code SNF when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook. Crown is yours. That's all we got. It's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here for Jay and Connor. I'm Matthew. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace out. Dogs are an important part of our lives. That means protecting them from parasites. Ask your vet about NexGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection against fleas, ticks, heartworm disease, roundworms, and hookworms. Plus, they're delicious and easy to give. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.